Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode two, and today we're talking about new books released on May 19th, 2015. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow Will Redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. And Rebecca, holy cats! (laughs) Holy cats! We had such a big first week. It's been amazing! Everyone has been so incredible! If you are listening to this and you listened to it last week, so our first episode, thank you for doing that, for, you know, running with us from the very beginning and for there being so many of you. Uh, We found ourselves on the iTunes new and noteworthy feature this morning, and that was a really great way to start the day. It was amazing. It's just thank you to everyone who's out there listening. And thanks to all of you who are joining us this week. Um, we have tons of great books. And so I'll just let Liberty take it away. I, I, okay. I might just take it away for the entire 30 minutes because I'm so excited about this book. <laughs> so you might have to get out the big hook and pull me off the stage because <laughs> I've been waiting eight months to talk about this book. I think I read it back in October. My math probably doesn't work there, but um, the book I am referring to is Uprooted by Naomi Novik. And it is the bee's knees, the cat's particulars, the snake's hips, and as Colonel Potter would say, the oyster's ice skates. This book is, is that, so <laughs> fantastic. So fantastic. And it's a fairy tale, and fairy tales are really hot right now. There's a million retellings coming out this year. There's a whole bunch more coming out next year. Um, fairy tales told from the villain's perspective, fairy tales with teens, fairy tale mashups. Uh, there's a book out today called Hold Me Like a Breath by Tiffany Schmidt, which was pitched to me as The Princess and the Pea, but with black market organ harvesting. What? And look at you. You're doing a book recommendation within a book recommendation. You know I couldn't turn that down. Like, that was, like, the best description. I'm like, yes, please. I would like to read that. Um, So, about Uprooted, Naomi Novik is probably best known for her fantasy series about dragons, like literal dragons, the big Mm. ones that fly around and shoot flames. Uh, Uprooted is about a figurative dragon, There's a young girl named Agnieszka. I'm going to completely botch her name, but she's fictional, so she can't get upset. Um, She lives in a quiet village because there's always a quiet village in a fairy tale. Is there any such thing as a loud village? That's true. She lives in a loud village. No, I don't know. (laughs) They're Um, always quiet. They're always quiet. Uh, So she lives in this village, and above, high above the village, there's the dragon. The dragon lives in this castle. And for many decades, the dragon has watched over the village and kept them safe from the evils of the dark woods, because always dark woods in fairy tales. (laughs) The village is quiet, the woods are dark. That's right. Got it. Um, And in return for their safety, the dragon requires the village give him a young maiden every ten years. Now, no one knows what happens to these women. He just comes down and collects them. Um, there's been all kinds of speculation, but all that's really known is that these girls are not seen or heard from for a decade, and then they're released, 
but they never come back to the village, so nobody knows like what happens while they're at the castle. So the book starts off with a time of the choosing. Um, the dragon is going to come down to the village, and everyone is sure that the dragon will pick uh, Agnieszka's friend, Kasia, because she's the most beautiful and kind girl in the village, so it's pretty much just like, everyone's resigned to the fact that it's going to be her. So, surprise! He picks Agnieszka. And what? Yeah, she, that's how she feels. She's like, what? That's how the villagers feel. Like, what? Uh, so, just like that, she's brought to live to the, at the dragon's castle, um, and then the story really takes off, and you learn what the dragon is really about. Oh. I just, I love this book so much. You're, like, so excited. I can just hear it. I, I just, oh, my goodness. It's so good. Um, and, and Agnieszka is so awesome. She's, like, really strong character. Um, and even though she's resigned to whatever the dragon has in store for her, she's really fierce and insolent. And so she intends to make things go her way as much as possible. Like, she's not doing this quietly. Um, and I really hope that there's a sequel to this. It wraps Ooh. up. But... I wouldn't be surprised if we heard more from this. Um, and I'm just going to keep babbling. So uh, <laughs> That's, you know, two weeks in a row we've had dragons on the show since we had Nimona last week. It's true. Here be dragons. I wonder how many weeks in a row we can have dragons. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, you're just, now I know what you're doing tonight. Yep. I'm looking for a dragon book coming out next week. My first pick uh, does not have dragons at all. It doesn't have really anything fantastical, but it is fantastic. Uh, it's called Mislaid, all one word, uh, by Nell Zink. It's, man, it is a great, sharp novel. She's uh, it's so about, awesome. It's so awesome. I had heard buzz about this and there's like sort of this mystique around Nell Zink and she's just sort of exploded out of nowhere. So Echo, which is her publisher, is doing a really great job getting visibility for her and people are so excited about this book and for such good reason. Uh, it's about a woman named Peggy who goes to who, Peggy has always um, identified as a lesbian. She goes to college in the, I think it's the late 60s to, a most, to an all-girls college and there she meets this reclusive poet uh, whose family is wealthy and lives in the area. Um, he's gay and they fall for each other and she accidentally gets pregnant and so they get married. And that enough is alone, to, like that alone is enough to you know, come up with a complicated idea for a novel, but that is just the beginning. Uh, two kids and several years later, Peggy has just kind of had enough. Um, she takes their daughter and she runs off um, and she changes her and her daughter's identities. They're only like an hour or two away from where the husband and their son uh, still live. And all of this takes place in central Virginia, which has been really fun for me to read because since I live in Richmond, I know all the places that they're talking about, all the little like towns and cities uh, that they're visiting. So she takes her daughter, she runs off, she changes their identities and, um, she changes their identities so that they are passing as black in the countryside in Virginia in the mid seventies. Uh, it, there is so much interesting, sharp observation about race and about sexuality and gender and identity here. Um, later in the book, the two kids who have grown up not really knowing about each other meet at college and it, things just explode. It's, like, this book is crazy and delightful, and you can tell that Zinc just delighted in the writing of it and was also, like, 
it's a total, her writing is just totally take no prisoners. She's like, this is the thing that I want to say about you know, race, or this is the thing that I want to say about womanhood or masculinity or sexual identity. And she just says it like she, it is, she is not sorry. She is not afraid. Um, it's also magically not like preachy or pedantic. And it's so hard to have that kind of perspective in fiction and have it come across as perfect. Uh, and it, man, it is, it's just so, it's so good. It's just surprising. Like, I just don't know what these characters are doing next, uh, what insane thing they're going to come up with or, um, what zinc is going to find in their lives to comment on it's it's i'm almost done with it i've been like frantically reading this week it's so good but i also don't want to let it go so by the time you're listening to this i'll have finished and we can talk about it on twitter uh, but mislaid by nell zinc a big one to look for she seems to have this theme of of crazy what is going on amazing writing because her last one uh did you read her last one the wall creeper? i didn't this is um this is my very first experience with her but the wall creeper sounds like it's in a quiet village it's it's like this couple that are really into birds and they move to europe and become eco-terrorists and you're like what whoa it's completely insane and and you're like did that just happen yeah that really just happened and there's kind of a lydia millet feeling yeah but like lydia millet more out there. It's just so great. Yeah. Uh, before I talk about the next pick, which is about a teen detective. Ooh, teaser. I want to tell you about our sponsor, Swoon Reads. And you'll see in a second how I tie this all in. Uh, Swoon Reads is a young adult romance imprint publishing under Fywell and Friends, an imprint of Macmillan. Uh, Swoon Reads has grown into a thriving community where writers can beta test their books with the chance of getting published. Uh, readers go on there and talk about which stories they read are worthy of publication. Um, Firewall looks, they look at the uh, comments and the feedback and, and take it into consideration. Um, and then the editorial board chooses the most unforgettable titles for their publication. And cool. Yeah. It's pretty, it's like, it's like your writing group right there on the internet. Um, you know, as you know, teen romance has, has always had a big... Uh, follow, not following, but like presence on the internet, um, and yeah, the the internet. Like when ebooks first became a thing, the story was always about romance readers and uh, how they were reading so much romance because of ebooks. But then they were creating these communities online where like romance had always been sort of frowned upon. You know, like people looked down their nose at romance, and people looked down their nose at young adult. And the it, there are these incredible thriving internet communities for both. And Swoon Reads co combines that by giving people who write young adult romance a place to share their writing and connect directly to readers who are passionate about young adult romance and want to be involved in the making of those books. I think it's really cool. Yeah, you can skip right over the haters and go right to the source. Go right to the people that you identify with and the people that you want to talk to. Um, and writers can submit original young adult romance manuscripts to the Swoon Reads site. Um, I feel like I'm saying it like as like a weird word. That's swoon as in, oh. Um, and the next deadline for writers is March. <laughs> March. <laughs> I don't even know what month it is. Is May 31st. But uh, they have ro uh, rolling deadlines. Like there's always another chance for you to submit something. Um, and, and so it's swoonreads.com 
And if you're not a writer, but you love young adult romance, you can go on there and read your heart out and then share feedback, rate and comment on manuscripts, tell the publishers what you enjoy, what would make the story even better. They're always looking for readers to join their community. And the Swoon Reads editorial board is monitoring those discussions and publishing the books that the readers love. So you're really, this is a chance to really be a part of the making of a book. Yeah. If you're interested, you can go to the site that's uh, swoonreads.com and you can read entire manuscripts for free. Free books. Just like Mm -hmm. that. You go on. Um, So we want to thank them for supporting the show. Yeah, thank you guys. Yay, Swoon Reads! So, as I was saying, my next pick is about a teen detective. Uh, It's called Scarlet Undercover by Jennifer Latham. Um, Scarlet is this tough-as-nails, 15-year-old Muslim-American girl. Uh, She's incredibly smart. She graduated high school early, and she now works as a private investigator. Um, she, Ooh. yeah, she, de- she's like Veronica Mars, kind of. Um, she dedicated herself to detective work, partly because her father was murdered when she was eight, and his murder has never been solved. So she's, like, really obsessed with, you know, finding out who did that, um, but she also takes other cases. Um, and since her father's death, her mother got very sick and passed away, so now she lives with her sister, um, and her older sister wants her to give up being a detective and go to college, and she's, she's really trying to put her off. Um, And then one day, a nine-year-old girl comes into her office and says that she knows something about a boy's suicide that makes it so that it might not actually have been a suicide, and she wants to hire her to look into it. So she starts looking into this kid's death, and she uncovers some clues that might have to do with the death of her own father. Oh. So... Um, like with almost every investigation in a detective novel, she's warned to back off. You know, the bad guys are like, you know, you just drop it, leave it alone. So, of course, she knows she must be on the right track. Um, it's just a really fun... She's uh, she's kind of like Sam Spade. She's like Samantha Spade. You know, she's like this, oh, cool. this hard detective. And there's these little in-jokes, um, like a who's who of mystery author references. Like, the schools are named Chandler and Mosley... And there's the Hammett House, and there's Rita Mays, um, and uh, it's just, it's great fun. The only thing that I didn't really understand was the title, because it's called Scarlet Undercover, but she's never undercover. So, <laughs> it, would, it should have been called Scarlet Openly Investigating a Case. It's like, <laughs> Scarlet P.I. in yeah, the open. <laughs> out in the open, not hiding anything. <laughs> But I think that I love this book. I thought it was it was really fun. So. Here on all the books, we request accuracy in book titling, please. It's true. It is. It's a real thing. Um, weirdly, because we haven't talked about these picks before the show, my next one has a kid who has a parent who's murdered as well. Uh, oh. It's called Lifted by the Great Nothing by Kareem Demetschke. It's a coming-of-age story about a boy named Max, who uh, his family, he his family's from Beirut. He grows up uh, originally in Beirut, but his mother was killed by burglars. He doesn't remember her. Uh, and then he and his father have immigrated from Beirut to New Jersey. Uh, his father's name is Rashid, but he goes by Reed in the U.S. He just really wants to be American, and his fa- Max's father is constantly telling him, you're an American. Uh, he wants Max to be an American, and he wants his son to be happy. And their whole life is constructed around that. Um, but when Max is 17, his father's girlfriend reveals that his father has been lying to him about stuff, big life-altering, earth-shattering, tectonic, plate-shifting stuff. And uh, so Max will be, he gets set off to Beirut and then eventually to Paris to try to uncover what 
the truth about his life uh, and his family are. And things will happen. He will come of age. I haven't read that yet. I just heard about it earlier this week. And I, I love a coming of age story. I love a, a story about identity. And I think this is going to ring those bells for me. Uh, my next pick is called Leaving Orbit, Notes from the Last Days of American Spaceflight by Margaret Lazarus Dean. Uh, it won the Grey Wolf Press Nonfiction Prize. Uh, the last book that won that was The Empathy Exams by Leslie Jameson. Man, um, what a book. They're on a roll. They they publish, like, the greatest nonfiction going these days. Um, this book is a fascinating look at NASA in the 1960s, and uh, she looks into how excited the country was at that time about the endless possibilities of space exploration and going to the moon. And she follows through to the last space flight in 2011. She, like, goes and... and watches uh, when it takes place um and she discusses like how and where and why our enthusiasm for space exploration started to wane um i've i think i might have used all my adjectives up already (laughs) so i but i really wanted to read this blurb from publishers weekly because i think it does a perfect job describing the book Um, And that is, Dean deftly captures the thrill and discovery of American space exploration, as well as the disappointment and outrage she believes everyone should feel at its ending, which is exactly Mm. what this is. It's it's so great. Um, I've never been really interested in space exploration. Uh, My love of outer space has mainly been limited to fiction, like The Martian Chronicles and And The 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 Sparrow. Um, one of the greatest books ever. Actually, yes. I, I can't believe we've made it to the second episode without mentioning The Sparrow <laughs> yeah, already. Yeah, let's just have a moment for The Sparrow the now. Sparrow. Let's just do that now. Yeah. If you haven't read The Sparrow by Mary Doria Russell, do that. Write it down. It's Jesuits in space yeah. and a whole bunch of other stuff, and it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but everyone is saying, you have to read this book. You have to read this book. So, you, you know, I love the books that you have to read. Um, I accepted the challenge, and I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. I'm really glad that I read it. Yeah, it seems like we're having kind of a moment with space books, like both fiction and nonfiction. Um, the Martian by Andy Weir was out, was that 2013 or early I think, 2014 I think that it, it came out? it was the end of 2013. Yeah, that was out. Mary Roach did Packing for Mars. Um, I was absolutely in love with An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth, which is Chris Hadfield's memoir about, like, being an astronaut and running the International Space Station, a whole bunch of them. I'm so, I'm like way down this space rabbit hole now, or I guess wormhole would be a better reference there. That's a good choice of words, yeah. This is the book for um, you then. Woo! I'm definitely going to pick that one up. It's actually, it's sitting on my desk somewhere in this mountain. Uh, I'll read that one soon. My next pick is called The Grace Keepers by Christy Logan. Uh, it's pitched as the next great read for people who loved The Night Circus and Station Eleven which is a really interesting pair of books to pitch a book to because The Night Circus and Station Eleven are really different books. Uh, so like I I looked at this assuming, okay, so there's magic and there's some sort of climate or like dystopian disaster. And that's pretty accurate. Um, it's set in a world that's covered by water. Uh, one main character whose name is Kalanish or Kalanish. Man, we're having characters with difficult names today. Uh, she, her job is to administer burials. And so she's exiled herself to this island where she's alone in penance for some mistake that she made a long time ago and that is still haunting her. The other character, the other main character's name is North and North works as a circus performer. Um, their world is divided between the people who live on the mainland and those who inhabit the sea. And 
then there's a storm offshore that like a, a disaster. There's like a climate disaster with this storm that changes North and Kalanish's lives in ways that neither of them could have predicted. Uh, and the book is also getting comparisons to Margaret Atwood. So we've got like the Night Circus Station Eleven and Margaret Atwood all in a pitch uh, with something kind of magical. I guess that's the circus performer bit. And dystopian-ish things. I love this mental image of a woman like on an island by herself who is preparing people for burial and then committing them to the deeps of the ocean. Like it, it sounds morbid, but it also seems kind of peaceful and beautiful. And the cover of the book tra- uh, transmits that uh, one to watch for. Oh, oh, and the next part is me too, right? It's you. No, you, yes. yes. Man, I'm like super confused about where we are right now. We're just so excited. excited and <laughs> we're so excited about everything today. Like our brains are not space. functioning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a thing that's not happening in space, uh, but that... Yet. happening not happening in space yet right um we are hosting book riot is hosting an event and so our second sponsorship spot this week is one that i took for us uh you can hang out with book riot on november 7th and 8th in new york at our very first two-day event called book riot live we will have panels and all sorts of fun programming there's going to be a bookish jeopardy game there's a panel about the many faces of fandom uh, like the cool things that people do as part of being an avid fan of a different you know, various kinds of books or various authors and and series so there's people from YouTube Marco Shiro from Mark does stuff on Tumblr who's really great as part of that um, there's a panel about turning awareness into action so if you're looking at uh, you know the lack of diversity uh, racially in publishing, if you're looking at underrepresentation of LGBTQ people in publishing or in books uh, in the way that women and books by women are covered, in literary publications, any of those things and a whole lot more. Uh, that panel will talk about how, what do you do with that knowledge as a reader and what can you do to affect the industry and just all sorts of really fun things. I think we're going to do like book crafting. Um, there's going to be a performance by the Bushwick Book Club. Do you know what that is? Have you no. heard of this? Please okay, tell this me. is. This is the coolest thing. Um, it's like the most Brooklyn booky thing ever. There's a group of musicians who have a book club together. And instead of just getting together each month or each quarter or whatever to talk about the book that they've read, each of them writes a song inspired by or related to the book in some way. And then they have like a book club slash concert that the public can go to. So like if you live in Brooklyn, you can go do this thing. You can see what the book, the Bushwick book club has read recently and like go to a concert and watch them all perform songs about like the great Gatsby. That's awesome. It's so great. Um, One of them performed at a reading that I went to years ago when um, Jen Northington, who's our great friend and our events director now, um, she's planning Book Riot Live, uh, but did a thing at one of the word stores in Brooklyn. And it was just so awesome. Uh, So all the things that you love from bookriot.com, we're going to bring that spirit to a two-day event. Tickets are $169 for the two days for all kinds of action and fun. Go to bookriotlive.com to buy your tickets, to see the panels that we've announced so far, and stay tuned for more. We hope to meet a lot of you guys there in person. It's going to be great. There's going to be a whole bunch of us there. Yeah, so many. I think that will be the most Book Riot people together in one space ever. Uh, And it'll be really great to meet our readers and listeners and really have that community that we have online, but actually have it face to face. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. We're running out of time, Liberty. Okay. We got too excited. What's your your next slash last pick? Okay. 
I'll tell you really quickly. It's called The Life and Death of Sophie Stark, and it's by Anna North. Uh, it's about a young woman. I bet you can't guess what she's named. Uh, <laughs> time's up. It's Sophie Stark. Uh, she is a young, enigmatic filmmaker, um, and it's about it's narrated by these people whose lives she touched um, and their involvements with her in one way or another, including uh, a woman named Allison who goes to New York City to forget her past, and she meets her there and becomes involved uh, with Sophie when Sophie asks to make a movie about her life. Um, and then we hear from Robbie, Sophie's little brother, who talks about her when she was in high school and how she was kind of strange and how she filmed a documentary about this kid that they went to school with, even though he didn't want her to. She just, like, followed him around with a camera and what? made this, like, really great movie. Um, this is not a feel-good book, but it's an extremely interesting and well-written one. It's, like, very dark. Like, my, mm. my inner Lydia Dietz was like, yes. Yes, I like this. Um, she, her writing reminds me a bit of uh, Siri Hustvet, who I hope mm. I'm saying her name correctly, um, who is an author I absolutely love. Uh, so this book is fantastic. And you. My last one is Irrationally Yours by Dan Ariely and William Haifeli. Um, Ariely is a behavioral economist who's written a bunch of books about irrationality and like the, the things that our brains do that don't make logical sense, but that we often think must make logical sense because they came out of our brains. And so his life is about studying how and why those things happen. Um, Predictably Irrational, I believe, is the first one. And it's great if you love like the Freakonomics kind of pop science approach. He's really smart and interesting. Um, William Haifeli is an illustrator who's uh, famous for his work for The New Yorker. And they came together to take some of the questions that Ariely had been asked in his Ask Ariely column for The Wall Street Journal and to for him to answer them. But then William Haifeli illustrates those explanations. So it's questions like, what's the best way to get someone to stop smoking? How can you maximize the return on your investment at an all-you-can-eat buffet? <laughs> and is it possible to put a price on the human soul? And a whole bunch more, where Ariely answers them from uh, from the perspective of a behavioral economist. So it's very like science and data-based answers with these great illustrations uh, to go with them. And so again, that's Irrationally Yours. That's our show. That's our show. What are you going to go read now? Oh, man. I'm finishing Missoula by John Krakauer on audio right now. And I can't, I'm finding that like I can't read anything else while I'm listening to it. It's just occupying my brain. I'm reading, I'm reading, you know, listening, reading, listening to that and uh, watching The Fall on Netflix. And so I'm just scared (gasps) of everything right now. (laughs) Yes. So good. It's like all the lights are on and all the doors are locked forever in my life from now on. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I'm going to start a Scrapper by Matt Bell. Uh, he wrote a book a couple years ago called In the House Upon the Dirt Between the Lake and the Woods. Oh, yeah. I remember you loved that. I loved that book. Um, so I'm really excited about this one. It's about a guy uh, who steals metal for a living. Uh, it's set in this sort of future Detroit. And uh, in his travels as a thief, he comes across a kidnap boy and becomes somewhat of a hero and takes on the responsibility of trying to find the boy's kidnappers. Whoa. Yeah. Cool. So So happy reading. That's it. We just need to thank our sponsors this week, Swoon Reads. Again, you can check that out at swoonreads.com. Read young adult romances. Be a good citizen over there. And if you do read them, uh, leave your comments and, you know, rate them and participate and help in the making of awesome new young adult romance books. If you want to drop us a line, you can do that at allthebooks at bookriot.com. And... You can contact me on Twitter all the time at Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. 
And if you would be so kind, if you like the show, please rate and review it on iTunes. Uh, it's, it especially helps people to find it while we're new and we appreciate your time and your feedback. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my spiel. And as much as we would love to tell you about more new books out today, uh, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles that are out today uh, in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books. We do a huge list of more titles to browse and check out. Um, you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter that is written by... Oh, that's me! Yeah, um, that's you! <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to try not to repeat titles in the newsletter so you, so you don't have to go and read about the same books that you just heard about. I want to like let people know about as many books as possible. Um, so we'll drop in the link to the newsletter in the show notes as well. And, right. and that's our show. Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.